Curious. You would make an excellent Cephalon, Tenno. Welcome to Cephalon Squared, a Warframe community and podcast. Find out how to join the collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Now, here are your Cephalons, Greg and Lucas. G'day, Cephalon Collective, and welcome to episode 77 of Cephalon Squared. My name's Cephalon Greg, and I'm joined by Cephalon Lucas. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hell yeah. Happy New Year. Happy bloody New Year. Yes. Whew. Pretty much. <laughs> no politics, no politics, no politics, no politics. Oh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Moving right along into the weather rambles. Weather rambles. Woo! Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. So... For the first weather update of uh, 2020, here in Ipswich, it is presently 26 degrees Celsius with a 64% humidity. It's been a pretty nice day. Yeah, you know, the standard hot, fiery Australia. Exactly. It's 78 degrees Fahrenheit in, if you want it, in the Fahrenheit flavour. And it's been like that for... Most of the last however long for Queensland, because that's just Queensland. Down yeah. here in Melbourne, though, and keep in mind that Australia is on fire. It's only 16 degrees, 60 degrees Fahrenheit, 63% humidity. Thankfully, it did rain, but it was only local rain. So the areas that needed it most, I don't believe it rained there, sadly. But yeah, hmm. spare a thought for Australia. And if you are able to donate, you know, type in donate to Australian bushfires and I'm sure there's somewhere that you can help out because there are a lot of people who've been displaced and a lot of land has been burned away. They say something like 50% of the koala population has been killed by Oof. this fire. That's just yeah, terrible. That's, that's bloody ridiculous. I know there were uh, a few people complaining earlier this week about the New Year fireworks being shown off at Brisbane, uh, at Brisbane New Year's party, where while other people are basically having to bunker down on a, on a beach to uh, get away from the fires, yeah, hasn't hasn't been hasn't been really good here in Australia. Thankfully, we are safe where we are. If you are wondering, so uh, both of us are f- well. At least I'm pretty far away from the nearest fire in my area. I don't know about you, Lucas. I honestly haven't heard anything about fires in my area so i think i'm pretty good yeah it's good i mean the the big ones down here in victoria are about 400 kilometers away uh but still they blanket the entire state in smoke so it has been smoky yes and um news earlier this week showed that the smoke's even traveled over to new zealand and they're they're seeing our smoke in their skies bloody hell see that's frightening (sighs) that is very frightening anyway moving on from frightening topics how did, what did you get up to in uh, video games this week? Video games, video games, video games. Video games. What did I get up to? I Well, I decided to jump back down the rabbit hole that is Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, my God, I love that game. The story, the immersive combat, everything about it is just so goddamn gorgeous. It is. So good. So good. It is. It's a really good game. If you haven't played it, I do recommend you get on out there and give it a shot. It was actually my reason for uh, getting myself a PS4. It was you know, specifically that and Final Fantasy XV. Because I pre-ordered Final Fantasy XV two years prior to its release. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yep. So those are the two games that made me choose PlayStation over Xbox. And I don't have any regrets. It's funny. I've got um, I've got another friend who is exactly the same who um, bought a PlayStation just for Final Fantasy XV. And then when Final Fantasy XV came out, the Pro came out, so he bought a Pro as well. (laughs) All right, crazy people. Uh, Crazy people. But anyway, I still, again, I've been quite busy looking after my kids this week, among other things, so I haven't really gotten up to much of anything. We did, of course, do our streams on Friday and Saturday night, so I finally managed to finish off my PS4 Railjack, so that's good. We took that out for a spin. That was a bit of fun, but... RNG is not on my side, and I'm not getting any wreckage, which sucks bums. Yeah. And on PC, we did mainly leveling last night. It was a bit of fun. We played with yeah, Pavig. Had tip to Pavig. So, yeah. Tip to Pavig. Woo! And then, of course, we decided to take um, 
my railjack out for a, a couple of mission spins and accidentally glitch out the game a little bit and make my um, battle particle ram over the top powerful and broken. <laughs> yeah, you did. That was that was pretty funny. <sighs> that'll, that'll Not be intentional. Fixed soon <laughs> that'll be fixed soon enough, I'm sure. All right, so let's head on into the news. There isn't very much this week, so let's just let's smash it out. Okay. The first one? I will do the first one. So, Tenobomb has uh, been and done, and they managed to hit their target and will be donating $50,000 to the London Food Bank in order to help those less fortunate. So, well done to Digital Extremes and all of the uh, registered losers. <laughs> <laughs> all of us registered losers that participated. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty damn impressive. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Secondly, and the only other piece of news really, was that the Empyrean collection in the Warframe store will soon no longer be available. It ends actually on January 7th, so if you want that blanket, you better hurry up. Yep. Uh, this time we're recording, what's this, like three days? Yeah. Three <laughs> Not days. very long. Good luck. Ah, uh, that blanket does look good. <laughs> if you like blankets. Yeah. Okay, next up, we have a, a winner for the Ivara Prime Access via our little competition. Dun, 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 dun. And the winner is, drumroll please, Daniel Brown. Congratulations. Uh, we'll reach out to you via email unless you want to hit us up first because we will need your platform and in-game name so that DE can assign your Prime Access pack. Indeed. Thank you very much for all those that participated and congratulations, Daniel Brown. Yes, congratulations, Mr. Brown, if that is your real name. I'm sure it is. It's a pretty common name, <laughs> Daniel Brown. Uh, so hopefully we don't get con too much confusion, but we will email the actual Daniel Brown that won. I don't think we got more than one, but you never know, we may have. Anyway, rambling, moving on. That means, as a result of the completion of our feedback survey, Mini 48, which comes back this week, will be the feedback cast and will be based on the feedback that came from listeners. So we will be addressing uh, as much as possible uh, during that episode. So it might end up being a long one, but it'll be a fun one, I think. So please tune Yay. in. Long but fun. And for the final piece of news... Episode 78, that's the next week's episode, The Almighty Streamcast 2, this time with added Doug, or the man of many names, will be on Twitch live from 7am Sunday, 12th of January, Australian Eastern Standard Time, or 3pm Saturday, 11th uh, Central Day? Uh, yeah, CST. CST, that's the one. I'm bad with things. Uh, it will be an Ask Us Anything just like last time, but may include a dev stream overview if there was a dev stream to do an overview for. I will be reminding Greg to actually press the record button this time, so once it's all done, uh, we may actually end up being able to throw it up on YouTube for your viewing discretion. Yes, indeed, we may, we may be able to. Okay, cool. So I do want to just add very quickly... Um, you know, we were talking about the fires before, and uh, I did end it very, very suddenly, and I don't want to make it seem like we were too flippant. Uh, it is very serious for a number of people out there. I know that there are some people in our Discord and most likely some of our listeners who are probably affected by the fires. So we are thinking of you all out there, and hopefully, you know, it doesn't affect too many more people and we can get shit under control, but... Yeah, I just wanted to, to quickly state that it is pretty serious. We do understand it's serious, but our podcast must go on. Yeah. Anything else you want to add before we move on, Lucas? We got the uh, Salvation Army has launched a disaster appeal to support the communities affected by the devastating bushfires. Um, Australia Red Cross have launched a joint disaster appeal with the ABC to support the committees affected by fires and have raised more than two million already. So that's awesome. Uh, even Vinnie's St. Vincent de Paul Society is also running a bushfire appeal to help those affected rebuild their lives with food, clothing, furniture, and other essentials and funds to pay the bills. Uh, and there's a whole lot more like Give It, Food Bank, uh, Gippsland, Emergency Relief, Bendigo Bank, Bushfire Disaster Appeal, GoFundMe, uh, and Airbnb. There's plenty of places to go and check out. You can actually also donate directly to the firemen. 
that too. Uh, who are supporting. So there's uh, links to the New South Wales, Queensland, and Victorian fire departments. If you want to skip those other charities and direct donate directly to those who are on the front lines. Um, good point, Lucas. Thanks for that. Oh, good. Not a problem. And for those that love their very little f- friends and companions and whatnot, there's also the Port um, Macquarie Koala Hospital, uh, and they have managed to raise more than $2 million for the wildlife affected in the area. So, wow. yeah, plenty of things that uh, people can be doing to help. Yeah. It's good to good to see so many um, charities stepping up, and they've already raised, raised a shitload of money. Oh, God, hell yeah. It'll never be enough. My God. No. No, it won't. Anyway, we are a Warframe podcast, so yeah, please do donate, and uh, yeah, our thoughts go out to anyone who may be in the region. Moving along to this week's discussion. So, this week, given we talked about last week, sorry, yeah, last week we talked about what had come in 2019, and this week was kind of quiet, so I thought to myself, what the hell are we going to talk about And I realized that one thing we don't do a lot of, because we try to be fairly positive, is constructive criticism. We do do a bit of constructive criticism. We do talk about what we like and dislike. We do a fair amount of uh, constructive criticism. But we've never really gone back over older stuff and said, this is what we think should be should happen. So we've we've talked about newer game modes and what we like and dislike about them, but we've never really said, well, you know what? The game at large probably needs to be fixed here and there and here and there and here and there. So I thought, you know what, let's do a little bit of a feedback uh, discussion. So not just about Railjack, which we've talked to death over the last few weeks, but Aha, about everything. Correction, over the last year, all right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> it is very true. Um, so, you know, this could include existing game modes. It could include the introductory tutorial. It probably will. It can include other frames we think need reworks, weapons, balancing, all that kind of stuff. So, is there a particular place you wanted to start, Lucas? <laughs> Which is, like, anywhere. Uh, Lunaro. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Said it once before. Well, actually, said it more than once before. They need to improve. They go back and revisit Linaro and introduce K Drive Linaro. I'm <laughs> that will always be a thing that needs to happen. It would be fun, it would be an improvement. It and I feel like an work. actual, like, yeah, it'd be cool even if there was like a proper team setup for it as well. Mm. Like, you can, you can, what's the word? Um, customize. Not so much customized, but register. Register a, a team, put a logo on that team, and, you know, set colors to it, and then, you know, recruit people to try out for your team and then do competitive, proper competitive games of Lunaro. I think you're going way a bit ahead of yourself I- there. You're, you're getting <laughs> into freaking pie-in-the-sky territory. I probably am, you know, definitely. But it, it it's, it's one of those silly little in-game sports games that I think could actually, you know, be something more than what it is. Yeah, Lunara is actually a bit of fun and could have, should have, could have, should have, would have, whatever, maybe been more than it is and could perhaps still be more than it is. So I do agree with you there. Um, And it's sad because it is... Not a bad mode. It just needs to to be fiddled with and fixed. and just, just needs a few tweaks. Just throw a K-Drive right underneath the Warframe's <laughs> feet. <laughs> I don't think that's enough, to be honest. No, it's, it's it's not enough, but it's a good start. It would be a good start. <laughs> and, you know, that, that sort of puts us into good territory because, really, PvP and, you know, Conclave stuff... Uh, I don't want to say that it is definitely time we we got Conclave because it's not necessarily the game is works just fine without it. Uh, but it'd be nice to have some sort of PvP. It'd be nice to have a decent option. That yeah, a decent option is the right word. That was actually fun to play and that people enjoyed playing, and that was somewhat balanced. I mean, it would be interesting. I don't know whether it would be balanced or, or anything like that, but it would be interesting to have a um like a Railjack PvP that includes actual 
PV, how to explain. So you're in an area, you, you bring your railjack in, you're, you're all fighting over a certain place, and then people have to leave the railjack to go into a large arena to oh, collect something. Yeah. Uh, like a con- uh, domination kind of thing. So you ever, yeah. have, to, have to invade a, um asteroid or missile platform or something like that, uh, and hack it, take it over, and hold it for as long as possible, and the other players can come in and steal it from you, and you get like a slight little bonus if you're holding it. Like, um, I mean, that, that would be fun, targeting but again, yeah. it doesn't fix the inherent problems with, with Conclave, and that's <laughs> what the issue is. Um, we did a whole episode on Conclave when was it episode five, six, seven? Far out, long, long time ago. A long, long time ago, where we just we realized yeah, that it's I probably still too remember. much work. Yep. Did you just make a, a music joke? <laughs> I did. Interesting. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, and, and the reality is I think Conclave needs some ma- major changes, but that could just be a fun little addition. It's yeah. a fun distraction. Yeah, not, not the, not the, it's not something like groundbreaking and, and you know makes everyone go, oh, yes, you have to do Conclave. Just something that you know gives people the option that if they really want to, they can turn around and go, hey, Conclave's actually not horrible. I might actually do something. <laughs> In the end, it's, it's got to be not horrible, whatever it is they add. Yeah. And if they add something that ha- that's using existing Conclave rules, it's pretty much going to be horrible because it's so yeah. unbalanced. Yeah. I just recently came across a, a game I found on the, um, what do you call it, the Epic Store. Boo, boo, Epic Store. <laughs> and it's a... PvE PvP Battle Royale. Okay. So you have all your players, they, they, they spawn into the, the map, you know, like a typical Battle Royale. And the way they've got it set up is that you can either make friends with other players and, and assist each other and then stab them in the back later on down the track. <laughs> um, but there's also like certain setups throughout the area where they've got special little missions, uh, invasions from you know the 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 ai enemies that that pop up randomly um the whole so the you know, big massive map that just has a whole heap of different little objectives clusters of monsters here clusters of monsters there and it's a it's a battle royale so i think that is an interesting thing as much as i hate battle royales throw in the pve concept into it that's actually not a bad idea and if you know we did something similar to that in Warframe, where, you know, a um, Corpus ship would fly in and drop an Ambulus here, and, you know, Grenier ship would fly in and drop a squadron of um, Scorchers over there, and, you know, something like that. It might be interesting. Could be. Could be. And I think I know the game you're talking about. I, I'm pretty sure I was keeping an eye on it. I forgot what it's called now, but it was a free-to-play game? I think so, yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know which one. I mean, we, we got the maps. We've, we've got the maps for it. Like, uh, Fortuna and Planes of Avalon. Yeah. Yeah, it could be done. But I do want to move away from Conclave because yep. I think there's, we there's would- a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> we would get mired down in things that people aren't terribly interested in for the most part. But there's probably people out there who are interested in Conclave, but I think the reality is the likelihood of Conclave getting fixed anytime soon is probably pretty small and there's a whole bunch of stuff in the game that does need to be fixed i guess next on the list that i'd like to talk about would be weapon balancing so considering the game's been out for seven years now some of the weapons that are seven years old are just massively inferior to a lot of the other weapons and the meta you know out of the what three four hundred weapons that are in the game the meta probably includes only 20 to 30 weapons mm. and i think that's a concern really I th- it would be nice to have more valid viable choices and it would be nice to have fewer weapons that are complete as many of the players call them mastery fodder yeah personally i hate that term it is it's a pretty crappy term i, I think it was back Either just before or just after the release of uh, Planes of Eidolon, it may have even been like a little bit after uh, Planes of Eidolon, they did do a weapons um, rebalancing back then. So that's, what, two years ago now? Um, one and a half, somewhere in there. And they did, uh, and in, in the process of doing that, they, they kind of shifted out um, uh, a lot of weapon stats and 
the mastery uh, rank requirements because up until that point, there was only really like three weapons that you needed to be mastery rank um, 13 for. And that mm. was the the Galatine Prime, the Tigris Prime, and the Euphona Prime. So I, they, they definitely have done a balance like that in the past, but I think it may be time for another rebalance. So I, I agree with what you have to say there. I don't think the balance that they did previously was good enough. No. Because I think the problem, the problem that the game's got is that a balance that would actually make things more viable would require massive changes that would probably piss off a lot of the population. Pro- possibly damage 3.0, should they ever getting around, get around to implementing it, might change things up. But, yeah, I think there's certain weapons in the game that aren't going to improve. Even if you give them a little boost here and there, you've really got to... They need, they need more than just a little boost. Mm. Well, I mean, there were a few weapons that got... Yeah, like absolutely ridiculous boost. Looking at the uh, there were yeah from memory. Is that Aklex? Yeah, Aklex got a pretty decent boost. It's like it, I think it was like originally twenty um, percent status, ten percent crit, and now it's like a twenty twenty. Yes, yeah, that's right. There were some some weapons that had really weird uh, crit and, and status numbers that are now much better, and there yeah. are st- but there are still a lot of weapons with less than twenty percent crit and stat numbers and and really they're aimed at the at new players so that's fair enough but the point is i think the speed at which you progress through the star chart and the speed at which you acquire weapons early in the game are very different and you can get to you know mastery rank six seven eight on one or two weapons yeah so the argument that having all of those weapons just for new players doesn't really sit well with me personally mm. Yeah, I mean, they could. What they could do is maybe even um, give out more weapon blueprints um, at you know, more better weapon blueprints at certain um, uh, what do you call them junctions? junctions. Yeah, because I know we we got a few as it stands, but that's what like the Boltor kind of level weapon and as much as people love the Boltor, it's not going to carry through the entire star chart. Yeah. I also think the idea that um, that they applied to, what's his name? Captain Vore, uh, where the first time you take him down, you get the ceramic sword. Yeah. And then every other time after that, it's a 5% drop. That should apply to every boss. Yeah. I think that, that's every not boss a bad should idea. drop a weapon. Drop, yeah, drop some kind of weapon. I mean, like, well, if you, you, if you them, think about guaranteed it, after if that, you think about it, literally. Every single Grenier boss does have some form of weapon that is acquirable in the game. Mm. Mm, exactly. Um, Corp- Corpus, not so much, but that's because Corpus are pain in the ass and have to be different um, <laughs> and use things that no one else can have. But yeah, no, the, I, I, I completely agree. If you go to Mars and you fight uh, Let Krill, you should be able to get that massive hammer as the first drop. Mm. Hell, give you the skin as well because. He's got the skin, why not? Go to Shit, what does uh what does um Sargus Rook have? I forgot his weapon. Is it the Ogress? Probably the Ogress, yeah. Probably the Ogress. Maybe. Yeah. And then of course Til Rigor, the Akenbrunt, mm. everyone's favourite Viking esque uh sword and shield. Exactly. So I I think that would be a step towards improving, you know, early, the early weapon experience. Because I think that's another problem. I mean, there's plenty of problems with the tutorial, but yes. one of the big problems, I think, is is the early weapon experience. And, you know, people have the Bratton for two or three mastery levels, not knowing that there's heaps of other weapons out there that they could get. Yeah. Now, okay, so honestly, looking at this now, if you were a new player and you just managed to defeat Tilrigor for the first time and you finished the mission to see you got the Akenbrunt blueprint, how would you feel? Not very new because Till Rigor's in Neptune or Uranus. Yeah, that well, face. You, you, get, you get what I mean. I mean, it, but I like, do, okay. yeah. Yeah, you, you reach that point and you're like, oh my god, this is a sick weapon I just got from killing this boss. Like, it would feel like an achievement. Yeah. It would actually feel like you deserve to have this weapon. And I think that's actually kind of what Steve wants to do with the game. You know, make it that you, you complete something, you get a reward, and you feel good about it. And honestly, having a weapon for each boss fight, 
that would be a good start. Would be a good start. It would be a great start. Yeah, and I think you know, really, that's that's part of what's what's missing for the game overall because you have long term goals that you want to chase for, but it's hard to get short term achievements. Yeah, so bosses dropping things that are worthwhile is good. Maybe even if that's the only way to get some of those weapons. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. If you actually tie it a single weapon to being uh, the first drop from a boss you've killed and that's the only way you can get it, then you're moving in the right direction already. Yeah, I mean, so if you tie it to RNG, some people will crack it. If you tie it to guaranteed drop the first time you get it, that's not so bad, I think. And then RNG, if you if you sold it, you're an idiot. So you got to just put up with RNG after that. Yeah, that could be that could add some some replayability. I mean, once you've finished, once you got into the wall within, and and you unlocked sorties, and you've unlocked a lot of the more end game ish content, the only thing that continues to drag you through the rest of the content is self driven desire to achieve or to continue uh, which is great you know kudos to d for actually building that into the game that makes people want to play thousands upon thousands of hours of the game but i think there's a lot of people that probably drop off at that point as well because not everyone can dedicate all their time to warfare yeah the the, the long-term gameplay yeah yeah and now that you know for for us for example now that we've hit a thousand hours every time a new update comes out we jump in we get it and that's it you know what? What is there? What kind of motivation is there to come back and play again? And that's part of. So I think there's a new game prob part, uh, issue. I don't so much think there's a mid game issue because people have the drive to continue. Yeah. But I think there's an end game issue in that once you've done everything, why? I mean, we can play several hour long survivals if we wanted to, and just sit there and shoot the shit and have fun and talk. But yeah. why? It becomes, it, you know, it, it reaches a point where it becomes like a very brain dead experience. Mm. So that, that you can just literally laugh and, and have a joke around with your mates and <laughs> look down hallways, shoot one shot and kill like everything coming at you and <laughs> keep joking and laughing away. But what does that achieve in the end? Yeah. Is that a good use of your time? So, I mean, can you think of anything? I mean, apart from cosmetics, what, what would there be that longer term players could could want to strive for. Hmm. And is there a problem with giving cosmetics only to long-term players? I mean, I know this was a discussion about a year ago when they changed the login rewards. Okay, well, I kind of feel like they may have done something similar to this again, but they've hidden it behind one of the biggest RNG things that I've, like, literally ever seen in this game. Mm. And that's saying a lot because, I mean, it's a looter shooter. They have a new ephemera. Now, I only just found about, out about this ephemera today. Oh. And there's only one place you can get this ephemera from. Mm. And it's the sentient tile set in the Vale Proxima. Uh. And it's not, <laughs> it's not even the worst part. The worst part is that it's from a rare chest, one of the shiny glowy ones that very rarely spawn in a mission. Like, basically never spawn in a mission. <laughs> now, if you're unaware, the Veil vale Proxima um, is the third installment of the uh, the Railjack system, and the Sentient Tile set only appears for half an hour once every two and a half to three hours. <laughs> so you have a very small window and a very uncertain window. Yeah. Definitely check out Semla. He's got a estimated timer on there, so you can... Kind oh, nice. of have a have a rough idea when that's going to pop up, but anyways, you get there, and then you've got to find the uh, the special crate. Keep in mind, if you take longer than half hour, then you're going to have to wait until the next time it pops up. So, yeah. <laughs> so this this ephemera can only be acquired from this shiny crate, and there are apparently two different types of shiny crate. In the Veil vale Proxima uh, sentient tile set, one has red wings and the other has gold wings. Oh. Now, there's no confirmation if they've got different loot tables, but 
there has been a bit of speculation and a few people spitballing around and, you know, all that kind of crap saying that they do in fact have different drop tables. So if you find one, you're not necessarily going to get what you want and, you know, there's a chance to get an umbral, uh, umbral former. There's a chance to get a few capture scenes and there's a chance to get the tenumbral, uh, ephemera, which is supposedly like one of the coolest looking ephemeras in the game right now. And it's like, you're drenched in shadow. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that RNG system, we, we, you know, they, they've set it up so that they're going right back to the beginning. They've taken a cosmetic, they've hidden it in late game content, and then shoveled it under RNG. Yeah, I don't know if that's such a good thing. No. I, I, that, that's, that's my, that's what I'm trying to get at. Do you think that this is what they should be doing? No. Because I don't. I think this is absolutely painfully horrendous. And, and, you know, going at what we were talking about before, you know, shooting in the right direction, this is shooting in the opposite direction. Yeah. If it was a, if it was a RNG based on the end of the mission reward, you know, if there was a percentage chance of it dropping at the end of the mission every time. Fair enough. Like a, like an actual end of mission reward. Yeah. yeah no, that that's that's fine. That that's, wouldn't be so bad. That's but from a the the possibility of having a specific enemy dropping up and then percentage of that dropping, yeah, is well, it's not even a specific enemy. It's literally a a box that sits in the room. Oh, it's from the box. Yeah, it's from it's from a a, a shiny loot box. You know those oh, shiny yeah, ones yeah, that yeah. you, you, you find and usually give you a, like a, yeah. a a former or a thirty minute booster or you know. A, oh my a god! Okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. Ship part? No, it's worse. It's extremely a rare. Certain loot box. It is stupidly rare. Yeah, I don't think that's where yeah. I think I think they were going in the right direction with arbitrations. Ar- yes, they didn't make arbitrations difficult enough. Is the problem? That is true. So arbitrations are just a long, starting a longer term survival at a higher difficulty, and it's not starting high enough. I think for a lot of people, so they can still just smash through it. Yep. I I don't think the uh, warframe and weapon power increases really help that either. No, they don't. They definitely don't. And the other, because, you know, once you're at that point in the game, you've pretty much got everything. So you can get those power increases almost every time anyway. Yeah. Uh, And the other thing is they just didn't put anything into the rewards. If every month there was something added to the arbitration rewards that was worth getting, people would keep playing. But at the moment, the arbitration rewards are a bit meh. I mean, why don't they, why why don't they put, why, why can't arbitrations work similar to Nightwave? Where there's a season, and during that season you can get a certain number of rewards. And actually, that's an amazing idea—the arbitration seasons. Yeah, just you, you play for a certain amount of time until you get a certain amount of things, and then they can evaluate them and see how long it takes for people to get the amount of essence that they need to collect, or even just change up the freaking drop for every season as well. So people can't just keep getting essence and just buy everything the second that the season changes. Yeah. Give people a reason to go back into arbitrations, but more than that, make it more enjoyable because people will complain if they give people a reason to go back into arbitrations, but not um, making arbitrations enjoyable. So I think we've got a, I think part of the issue is there's too much gating on new gear and equipment. Why can't there be, one thing that blows my mind is you look at another game that has, that's a looter shooter or whatever, and they'll have like 20 skins per weapon. Why can't Warframe have something like that? Everything, the yeah. amount of skins that we get for weapons, they're very few and far be- between. Most of the time, they don't look great. They're not worth yeah, getting. Most, most of the time, they're realistically just a fucking color swap. Yeah. And even then, it's just like, oh, okay, that, that, that's it. That, that's what I, and I, I can spend like 20 platinum yet, a, a color swap. Exactly. Otherwise, you you can go and grind your ass off for plat so that you can buy a nice looking Warframe skin. Why not have? Why why aren't the um, what are they called the forty plat skins? Uh, the immortals. The immortal skins. Why aren't they on offer in arbitrations? 
Why can't you get That's the, the point. Why can't skins? you get them as a reward? I mean, you, you can buy them from uh, Barrow like every now and again. Exactly. Why can't there be can't more immortal as like skins a- as well? I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's a resource issue. I'm sure there's the they've only got a limited number of people in the art team that can actually do certain stuff. But you know, there must be a way around it. There must be a way to put more of that content in the game because I think that's what a lot of people are asking for. It's what a lot of people want. Do new players need to also have access to all these skins and things? No, they don't. New players need to grind through the game first. Yeah. If they see a skin that they think, fuck, I really want that skin, that gives work them for the reason to work <laughs> for the skin. Yeah. I mean, like, literally any other game, you jump in, you see someone using something that you don't have, and you think, damn, i got to get myself one of those. And you work for it. Exactly. So, I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> the only thing that, that DE can put into the game that will actually cause us to grind for more will be worthwhile cosmetics and probably a lot of them (laughs) it'd have to be a lot of cosmetics because they add cosmetics here and there every once in a while and most of the time i look at them and just go yeah but i guess the problem is if that's what's happening if a lot of people are going yeah it's a risk for de to put a lot of time into creating a lot of skins putting them into arbitrations and not seeing any players go for them if their response is meh to all of them yeah so it is it is a bit tricky last last point unless you've got another one is there something else you want to discuss uh not that i can think off the top of my head the one thing i do want to discuss that i think is an important thing is that late game end game balance there's no challenge once you've hit the end game the end game comes down to meta and it comes down to whether or not you just want to be super efficient and you want to smash out six freaking tridolons in one single night on the plains of eidolon if that's what you really want to do yay go for it not my cup of tea you know once you can do the tridolon once i was happy with that i don't need to do six of them in one night yeah railjack once you've gotten to the veil proxima you've gotten to the veil proxima i'm sure that's going to change and evolve that's fine uh, once you're able to do long-term survivals, disruptions, all that kind of stuff, you're able to do it, and there's just no further difficulty. What are your thoughts? I'm I'm highly in agreement. Like, yeah. Now, one thing that happened during the stream last night uh, when we were in the Vale Proxima on the Railjack mm-hmm. is the very last mission we got we had to actually deal with one of the uh, the commanders that that they've uh, thrown in yes. to the later parts. Holy crap, that was awesome. It was awesome, but he was just a bullet sponge. He was just a bullet sponge. I mean, it, we literally fought him in the same tile set that they showed off for the uh, the Lich system at TanoCon last year. Yes. And, I mean, since the tile set's there and the Liches are in the game... Hopefully, we'll be seeing you know, properly implementations of the Lich in the Railjack system in the future. And if that's the case, looking at how bullet spongy that guy was last night, mm-hmm. if you throw in the, the mechanics that they showed off during the Tenocon, holy crap, that is going to be one hell of a fight. And that is definitely moving in the right direction for difficult end game ish content. Yes, end game ish. I'm glad you threw that in. Ish. But yeah. Yes. No, that that is moving in the right direction. Yeah. To be honest, in out of all the railjack missions that we've done so far, hmm. we haven't had many uh many of those kind of missions pop up. I think we had one on uh one last week and one last night and that yeah. that's that's it. I mean, the one last week was a uh a fire-based um Grenier commander and last night's I don't even know what he was but yeah both of them were pretty much bullet sponges both of them took down Greg a couple of times um <laughs> it's because I was the only one there fighting him I know you had someone else there yeah after five minutes because I got there so early well no there was another guy that was like way ahead of um way ahead of me he rocked up like oh was there yeah he rocked up with you I didn't even see him he didn't seem to be doing anything hiding in the rafters probably yeah <laughs> anyways but it is it is a good step in the direction. I think they just need to make it more frequent because that isn't that is an RNG encounter. Yeah. 
And as I said, we've only encountered two things like that so far doing our Railjack adventures. And I mean, come on. We've spent a lot of time in Railjack. Not as much as the time as a lot of other people, you know, people that have just gone and done like 24-hour runs, whatever. There's probably someone who's done it. But, you know, we have spent a decent amount of time doing uh, Railjack stuff. And that, as I said, is like the second time we've had one of those encounters. Yeah. To be fair, though, they did just release it a couple of days before going on holiday. Yes. Yes, they did. And hopefully that's going to be one of the things they fix, you know, upping the percentage of that actually occurring, which would be very, very nice. There's going to be changes. Swift big ones in the first couple of weeks, I would imagine. I'm, I'm looking more for trials. Railjack is good. Railjack yes. and those kind of missions where you do fly in to get that guy at the end is a challenge, but it still is not a raid. And, no. you know, maybe there are things up their sleeve with Railjack that are going to be more raid-like, and I love the idea. Squad yeah. Link. <laughs> and Squad Link. Yeah, I, don't, I still don't know how that's going to be raid-like. I will let myself be proven wrong. That's fine. But I still don't see how it will be. I think we need actual dedicated raids. Yeah. So I think we really need those yeah. back. And and they have, D has stated that they're working on them. The part of the problem is, of course, the balance. And they don't want it to be that you have to have Vorbin and Trinity and all that kind of stuff. Remove the meta. Yeah. And that's, that's part of the problem. Lastly, actually, I know I said that topic was the last one, but who do you think needs to be reworked the most now that most of the problem ones have been done? Mm, I would say it is a toss-up between Nova and Trinity. I thought you were going to say that, because, yeah, that's what we were talking about last night. I do agree with you on both of those. I think both of them have completely useless abilities. I think two of Trinity's abilities are just way overpowered, but the other two are kind of, eh. And same with Nova. Personally, I think Titania, even though she's been tweaked and tweaked and tweaked and tweaked, I just think she's still misunderstood. Yeah, I think her abilities need... uh, I wouldn't say so much as a a rework, maybe a simplifying... A a, a simplification, maybe. I think think you're right. Anyway, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, in the interest of not going on too long, uh, we will sort of wrap it up there. There's a lot of Warframe that needs to be fixed. There's, you know, we didn't touch on a lot of the more, to- more popular topics that are out there because they're already out there. Stuff it. Um, other people are already talking about them. And re- we know that D listens and reads. As much as people like to be snarky about things, they do. They do listen. They do read. They do what they can. Uh, it's not as easy as people make it out to be. And if you do think it is easy... Head on out there, start up an indie game developer, make a game, and I'll jump on there and play it. I'll be the first one to play and support you. But (laughs) I think you'll find out it's not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, cool, cool. Kudos to DE for still making a game that we still play, even though there's problems. And love. And love. Exactly. All right. This week is probably the perfect week to do a topic roundup. And this was Lucas's idea. So hat tip to Lucas. Good idea. Oh, thank you. Thank we you. Generally do, take my applause. We generally do these every 25 episodes to catch you up on what was in the previous 25 episodes. The last one we did was episode 53. Uh, so if you are wondering what was in previous episodes, go back to 53 and listen to that topic roundup. Today, we're going to do a roundup of all of our beginner and advanced topics from episode 54 through to episode 76. (sighs) Starting with 54, we didn't do any because that was an interview with Megan from DE, which is a fantastic episode. Go back and listen to episode 54. It was just after TennoCon earlier, uh, well, in the middle of last year. Great episode, long interview. About close to our uh, one-year anniversary. Very close. I think it was, yeah, that's why we asked DE if they would come on the show. So, yeah. Aww. Aww. Next up, episode 55, the beginner topic, was on the mid-game struggle and some tips for how to get out of it. Yes, yes indeed. And the advanced topic for episode 55 was all about farmable ephemera. And now I think I'm going to have to go back and revisit that because there's been a hell of a lot more added. Yeah, there really has. Goddamn. Damn you, D! 
<laughs> well, it's a good thing. The game grows. In episode 56, the uh, discussion, the beginner topic, was about disruption because it was a relatively new game mode back then. Yes, and then I followed that up with something that's now presently null and void, slams and blocking with melee weapons. In episode 57, the beginner topic was... What's the point of the Plains of Eidolon and Orb Valis for beginners? Why do it? Why do it indeed? And the advanced topic that week was all about health regen, how you can use all the different goodies that the game gives you to regenerate your health. Episode 58's beginner topic was all about gilding. What the hell is it anyway? And why? Gilding. Why? Why do you gild? And the advanced topic was our look into the infested Doggo's uh, own little mod set, the Strain Set Showcase. That was a cool episode. Recommended. It was. It was a very good episode. Episode 59, we talked about landers and the air support that each of them have in the beginner's topic. Yes, and then I followed that up with some helpful tips and tricks for toroid farming out in the Orb Valis. Episode 50, 60, sorry. <laughs> Episode 60's <laughs> beginner topic was all about hacking and ciphers, tips and tricks for hacking. And then again, I followed that up with sorties. Why do sorties? What can you get from them? What are they? Etc. Episode 61's beginner topic was the top five beginner tips according to Discord. That's nice and simple. It was good having, having all those little tips from people. We're going to have to do that again. Yeah, I think so. And in the advanced topic on that one, it was all about the Eximus enemies, what they do, how strong they are, and why they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> Episode 62's beginner topic was all about set mods. What the hell are they anyway? And I uh, followed up the set mod confusion with the Mecha mod set, talking about all the goodies that that met, uh, mod set does for you. <laughs> Tongue tied there. <laughs> you got it out in the end. Episode 63's beginner topic was all about boosters. Should you get them? Why should you get them? Etc. What do they do? And the advanced topic that week was secret tile set stuff. All the gorgeous hidden little things that you can find while adventuring the different tile sets of the Origin system. Truth. In episode 63, the beginner's topic that week was actually... 64? In episode 64, <laughs> the beginner's topic that week was actually suggested by Jimbo Slice in the Discord. And that was Warframe... For parents. And the advanced topic, again, is another one that is slightly null and void. Now, thank you. Uh, and that was Blood Rush versus Weeping Wounds. Yes, indeed. Sadly. Wasn't so long ago now. Damn. No. Feels sad. <laughs> Episode 65's beginner topic was all about dispelling the misconceptions of new players. Which they Followed up with some glorious focus farming tips and tricks. They were glorious. Episode 66, we didn't have any beginner advanced topic as we had a double discussion that week. Dun, dun, dun. It was a good discussion. Both of them were. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was. <sighs> ah, episode 67's beginner topic. We were talking about how to get ready for Eidolon hunts as a beginner. And I was talking about another set of mods, the Arrow set. Yay, I like an arrow. Yeah. Especially the mint, mint arrow. <laughs> Yum. Mmm, mint arrow. Episode 68's beginner topic were ballet. Ballet? Yes. How to do ballet <laughs> for beginners. It was the new melee basics. And fresh to the table, we also bring how to kuvalich, because that was relevant then. <laughs> Indeed. We're always relevant. Episode 69, dudes, the beginner topic was... Annual events. What are they? What kind of events can you get involved in and what can you get from them? And the advanced topic was the Beast 6060s, uh, the glorious dual stat mods for your bestial companions and where to find them. Definitely a useful one because I didn't even know they existed until a few months ago. <laughs> All right. Episode 70's beginner topic was about deciphering the market. It's not as confusing as it looks. No, it's quite uh, quite simple when you put it down to Greg terms. <laughs> and the uh, advanced topic that week was Parazon Mods Part 1. All about that hacking. Mm, I wonder what episode 71's advanced topic was. The beginner topic for advanced... Uh, for Here I was trying to be all clever. The beginner topic for words. 11... Oh, man. For episode <laughs> 71 was building your dry dock and kicking off Rising Tide. Yay, you got it. Thank you. <laughs> 
and followed with Parazon Mods Part 2, The Mercy. Indeed. Now, the next two weeks in a row, we didn't have beginner and advanced to- topics because we were bad boys. Uh, but for good reasons. Episode 72, we did an interview with Lucas Schooneman. Lucas Schooneman is the voice, of course, if you aren't aware, of Till Rigor and Nef Anyo, And he was a blast. That episode is hilarious. Go listen to it. Episode 72. He also vo- voices the ghouls. He certainly does. We discovered that when we were <laughs> in the interview. So, yeah, definitely have a listen. Very worthwhile. Episode 73, we didn't do any topics again because we had a massive DevStream 134 discussion because Empyrean was out. Oh, yeah. Huge. Episode 74, things to know about Empyrean when you start was the beginner topic. And I followed it up with your look into intrinsics. And in episode 75, the beginner's topic was a beginner's look at Arcwings. Followed up with the differences between the four Arcwings. And last week's episode, beginner topic was component farming for Railjack. And the battle avionics. What are they? Where do you get them from? And what do they do? Indeed. So, phew, we got it out. We've, we've done that roundup. Hopefully that is helpful for you. Hopefully it has alerted you to a few episodes you might have missed and some topics that you were interested in catching up on. If there is anything we've missed out on doing, hit us up. You know, there are a number of ways of getting in contact with us and we'll get into that at the end of the show. For now, back to our regular topics. Community call-out. Do you have one for this week, Lickers? I might, actually. I think I've forgotten all about it, so you may distract the peoples while I search. Go for it. All right. We have a review update. We actually got two new reviews this week from the US that surprised us. Uh, Both of them are hilarious, and you can look forward to seeing those in the next couple of weeks. Apart from that, there was one new one that came through CastBox, Uh, And we will, of course, read that one out in the coming weeks. We do have to catch up on one review from Podcast Republic as well. So if you are a listener on Podcast Republic, give us a review. There's only one review there. Uh, And I do check to see those reviews as well. If there's anywhere else that we can do reviews or that you have written a review and we haven't mentioned it, please let me know. At the moment, all I'm checking is iTunes, Podcast Republic, and CastBox. Uh, so yeah, that brings us to 104 reviews in total. Thank you so much to everyone who has reviewed us. And please, if you have not yet done it, jump on there, give us a review, let other people know that you think the show's worthwhile, and give us some feedback at the same time. Thank you. Yay! Did you find a... I did find it. Okay, so this one is actually to Whoa Is Joe yes. on our Discord. Uh, glorious fella, and he actually asked me earlier this week whether what uh, episodes had companion stuff in it, and that's why I actually decided that this would be a good week for a roundup. There you go. So, good job, woe is Joe. You done did good. You still haven't answered his question, though, Lucas. What episodes do have ra- uh, companion stuff in it? Okay, well, uh, <laughs> I did actually answer his question on the Discord, but I guess I can rattle off uh, what I... <laughs> replied with here we go episode two modding your companion to synergize with your frame episode 18 helminth charger episode 26 how to get cavats episode 43 kubro showcase episode 46 and 47 sentience showcase episode 58 helminth uh, helminth mod set and episode 60 companion dual stat mods very good lucas Yay. <laughs> All right. Um, we have an iTunes review. Did you want to read it out? Especially that username. We do. Um, that is a... <laughs> that, that is the one interesting username. Button okay. mash. Button mash. Yeah. Cool. iTunes US. Uh, X64347TYUXHJ. Nice username. Uh, Warframe is the best. Five star. Awesome podcast loaded with great information. I listen to this all the time when I can when I can't be online playing, and I have really learned so much about the game and all there is in it. Thanks and keep up the great work. No, thank you, X64374347 TYUXHJ. Thank you for leaving <laughs> us an awesome review. Thank you so much. I know we're laughing about your name, but you probably did button mash, and it was a skillful button mash at that. Unless that is your real name and you're an alien, in which case I salute our new alien overlord. (laughs) (laughs) Great. All right. So we've got a Dr. Cephalon for this week. This one is yet again from Rathok because he asks good 
questions. It is a two-parter. Uh, the first one's really easy. What's your favorite con- Warframe thing of 2019, Lucas? Update, moment, content drop, <laughs> etc. I think we're going to have the same answer. Go. Roger. Roger. <laughs> that was that was pretty much it. I'd love to say Tenocon. Yeah. It probably would have been Tenocon if we were there. Uh, oh, yeah. Sad. <laughs> Fing- sad fingers matter. crossed we can make it for 2020, but uh, uh, I have strong doubts. We might have to... I'm not holding my breath. Yeah, we might have to make that a, a thing for uh, coffee, but we'd need like 7 billion people to buy us a coffee for us to get over to Tenocon. If you want us to get to Tenocon this year, buy us a coffee, ko-fi.com <laughs> forward slash Cephalon squared. Please, if you have the money, buy us 5,000 coffees. That would be fantastic. <laughs> get us to Tenocon 2020. <laughs> it will cost us a hell of a lot to get there. So it's, it's, uh, yep. it's strongly doubted, but we'll do our best. And the second question, what are your top three games of 2019? Doesn't need to be a new release. What did you enjoy last year, Lucas? Hmm. What did I do enjoy last year? Okay, so there was... Shit. What did I play last year? Mm. What did you play? A bit of Code Vein. Code Vein is glorious. Loved Code Vein. I believe Moth Hop was, is playing Code Vein at the moment. Hat tip to Moth Hop. Hat tip to Moth. I, last year, was <laughs> the year I really learnt to love Path of Exile. Uh, so that's one. Another that I fell in love with was Final Fantasy XIV. Now, neither of those games I get enough time to put into, but if I had more time, I would be addicted, as addicted to them as I am addicted to, to Warframe. So those are two games that I will call out. A third game uh, isn't a game that came out in 2019, but I'm going to mention it anyway, and that is Senua's Sacrifice Hellblade. I finally got around to playing it last year, and it's one of my favorite games for the last 10 years, I would say. Absolutely mind-blowingly good game. The gameplay is a bit repetitive, and it's not exactly really well polished in terms of mechanics, but the story it tells and the way it tells it is just an experience that is there to be had, and I guess it, it works for me because I like that weird, funky shit. Uh, and it, it just blew my mind. So that was that's for me. Hellblade. Senua Sacrifice. Can't wait for number two. Nice. Uh, I'd say my second one was Kurt's Pell. That's one I actually forgot about. Um, it was Greg who actually got me into Kurt's Pell. Bloody Greg. <laughs> and I didn't <laughs> even get into fist. it. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. Um, if that one is more of a uh, anime-esque um, RPG PvP brawl. Fighting game. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, weird. It, very, very weird. But uh, I've been hooked into that one pulled down that rabbit hole i've i've, I've watched the uh the battles that uh get streamed on twitch quite regularly it's um definitely something i've i've enjoyed um uh, starting last year and for my third option geez um door kickers that the little uh 2 2d side scrolling tactical platformer thing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I can't even remember what year, what games were released in 2019. I refu- I reviewed a few games. I played a hell of a lot of games, but I really Devil May Cry 4 Death didn't play Stranding. it. That's Devil May Cry 5, you mean? Yeah, 5. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I just didn't play. I did play a lot of them. I just can't remember them. And I'm sure there mm. were some really good games. Control was a good one. That was fun. Yeah. Gris, I think that came out this year. I don't know. There were lots of really good games, but yeah, my brain yeah. is my brain's all kinds of fucked up. But anyway, that is the end of episode seventy-seven. Thank you for sticking around. If you did want to get in contact with us, if you've got any questions, any suggestions, anything like that, uh, hit us up at cephalonsquared at gmail dot com. Um, otherwise go on over to our website where you can find links to all of our groups that we're in, including Facebook and discord, as well as following us on Twitter and Instagram need to pick up my Instagram pants. That should be a new year's resolution. Yeah. Look forward to this week's episode of the, what is it? Uh, Feedback cast. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, let's say thank you to our patrons. Let's do it. Thank you, Rathark. Thanks, Jellybean1799. Thank you, Sula. Thanks, Lord Frieson. Thank you, Danathan. Thanks, Red Wizard12. Thank you, Knight Rider8503. Thanks, Coyote PX. Thank you, Jackson31. Thank you, Solarian. 
Thank you to all of these people who are our patrons. If you'd like to also support us, head on over to cephalonsquared.com forward slash support to find out the options that are available to you. But of course, all you need to do is listen, be part of our community, give us some feedback and talk to us. We're, we're just people after all, but I think part of, part of what makes the community great is that we're all just people who just love a specific game. And to be honest, the Discord doesn't even talk about Warframe most of the time these days. <laughs> it's become much more than just a Warframe Discord. So uh, if you are just looking for other people to talk about games and, you know, nerd topics, join the Discord. I do recommend it. Do the thing with the thing. Indeed. Yeah. My name is Greg Newbegin. I am Mad Capsules all over the place. Who are you, Lucas? I am Lucas Silvestri. And I am Silverlight all over the place. S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T. Massive shout out to our glorious and amazing community. You guys are amazing. And thank you for sticking with us throughout all this time. Uh, we're going into our second year now. Well and truly. Um, so thank you very much. Indeed. Indeed. And thank you to Jan at Disco underscore Box on Twitter for the intro and outro. If you do want to send him a love letter to Disco Box, you know how to do it, and it will be read out on the show. Thanks to you for listening. Keep an eye out for the feedback cast later this week, and we'll see you soon. Bye! Thanks for listening to Cephalon Squared. If you'd like to contact us, reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com, where you can find us via email, Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. But don't fret, there'll be more Cephalon Squared in a few short days. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.